0: It's been said that every quilt tells a story and it's so true, but I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I have the best sisters who encouraged me in my podcasting and my quilting. My sister saw a Facebook post that her friend Nancy had an aunt that was a quilter. I'm so happy that we all connected and I had the privilege to interview Joan Zaki Hornberger. Look at Joan's episode page to find the link to the article written by Pamela Lamp about Joan. Joan, thank you so much for joining us on A Quilter's Life. Thank you. I was so happy when my sister Ruth sent Me contact information. Evidently, my sister is a friend of your niece, Nancy. Yes. Did Nancy tell you I would be emailing you, or did she just wait and let me email you? She just let me wait. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with your background. Tell us where you were born and raised. I was born in Abingdon,
1: Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia. I was there for a couple years, and my father was in the Army. He left when I was two years old, and then he came home when I was four years old. And there were not many jobs for those returning from World War II. So his father had bought a house in Vermont, a farm, For his sons, of which he had three, for when they came out of the service, my father and one of his brothers took him up on that and went to Vermont. They taught classes for these young men coming out of the war. And so for five years, we lived on a farm and it was a wonderful time in my life.
0: A farm in Vermont? Wow. I'm picturing that was. A beautiful place to be.
1: Yes, it certainly was. And we had 50 head of dairy cows, we had pigs, chickens, horses, two horses, work horses, they were.
0: Was it your job to feed the chickens?
1: Yes, it was, actually. That is one of my jobs. And we had a big garden, about a half an acre. And we, as children, My brother and I had assignments every day. We had to weed certain rows of the garden and we had to shell peas and and help my mother a lot with the freezing, the food.
0: A farm is a lot of work.
1: Yes, but fun.
0: Yeah, it can be. Do you have a special childhood memory? Well, I have lots of memories of her up there. One is
1: we eventually started tapping all the maple trees up in the woods for syrup and we had a maple syrup business, very small, but it was a maple syrup business and I remember riding on the back of a sleigh that contained a big container that we collected all the sap from the trees in. We emptied the buckets in there. And the horses pulled the sleigh up the hill into the to forest. That was one really good memory. And then when we'd boil it down in the sugar house, we would get snow and pour the hot sap over the snow and eat it. Another memory was all the cows were named after women in the family. And When there was a calf born, it was named after me. So that was really special. I have a picture of me with my
0: calf. Oh, how fun. Yes. There were just lots of good times. I was thinking making that treat with the snow, that must have been an original snow cone. I imagine, yes. Where did you go after Vermont?
1: We came back down to Pennsylvania. The farm wasn't quite enough to support two families, and the education at that time where we lived wasn't that good. I went to a one-room schoolhouse. There were 12 children in the schoolhouse, and they ranged from first grade to sixth grade. There were two other people in my grade. So I went there through third grade before coming back down to Pennsylvania where my father had a different job. So we were in Pennsylvania until, well, for the whole time, all my growing up time,
0: Southampton, Pennsylvania. That must have been such a change to go from a very small school like that to a larger school. How was that adjustment?
1: It was very hard. And also the accent that I had from being in Vermont. Some of the words the other children couldn't understand me. The tire was different. We didn't wear dresses to school in Vermont. We wore jeans more, or some kind of pants, especially in the winter. And it was hard because I went... First to a school building that had several floors. And I remember once I got lost in the school, so it was a little scary, but I survived.
0: (laughs) Did the kids there help you adjust?
1: Our first move was to my grandmother's house. while a house was being built for us in Southampton, so we were in Philadelphia. With my grandmother, and there were a couple of friends I made, but there weren't too many that lived very close to me. But it was in the city, and you walked home for lunch. And my grandmother loved watching the soap operas, and I would watch them with her when I came home at lunchtime. <laughs> so I did okay, but it, when I got to Southampton, made lots of friends. So. That was really good. Nice. What did you do after high school? Well, I ended up going to college, although I wasn't going to originally go right away. I was going to work first. My father suddenly died when I was a senior at school. And that was very sad. In fact, I get emotional thinking about it now. We were very close. He was a buyer for a company, and there was a salesman that liked him a lot. And he knew that I did a lot of sewing. And his daughter was the assistant dean at Drexel University at the time. And he encouraged me to go to Drexel. They had a home economics department which was very well known. Evidently, we found out through this from Drexel that my grandfather had put seven children through college that were no relation to him. So that sort of paved my way, made my decision. So it was quite a decision I had to make, but it was really wonderful for me. So after I graduated from college, I taught at a high school in New Jersey, and I taught there for five years until I got married. (laughs) And when I was pregnant with my daughter, I finished out that year, and then I stopped teaching after was, so it was five years that I taught. I didn't go back to it. It wasn't quite great for me. I mean, I loved it. I loved the kids a lot, but it was really stressful. <laughs> so I didn't work then again until my daughter was 15 and my son was 12. And I went to work for a doctor that I could walk to. It was just a few blocks away from where we lived. And I loved that job. For some reason, it just, I loved all the details, the insurance. I wasn't a nurse. They did have me doing some things to help out along those lines, but I enjoyed that a lot. I liked greeting the patients and I liked all the insurance stuff that I
0: took care of. (laughs) So I found something I really liked to do. That can be pretty detailed work, and for you to keep it all straight, you must have been a good employee.
1: I think I was, yes. I love the detail, so yes, yes. In fact, my husband and I went on his sabbaticals. He taught at UVA, and we went on five sabbaticals, so I would have to leave my job. And so I told them, hire somebody else, because you just never know. I'm not sure I'll come back. So they did hire somebody else. But while I was out there, I got a letter in the mail, no computers, things like this. So I got a letter saying, please come back, because the person they had hired had not worked out. So I agreed to go back and I stayed there for quite a while. I also worked for other doctors because I just was part-time, but I knew that once we got the computer system in, I knew it real well. So, and a lot of other doctors had it. I did that for several years. On one of our sabbaticals was at Stanford University. And I worked there in an office and really enjoyed it. So I've had good experiences with my jobs.
0: That's great. It's wonderful to enjoy our work.
1: Yes, it is. All along, of course, I'm sewing. (laughs) I even took my sewing machine out to California. We had a tiny little apartment, so I don't know how I did it, but I did. I made suits and stuff for work. All this time, I'm still sewing.
0: So that was good. Your sewing machine probably was not a featherweight. It actually was
1: not that heavy. It was a faf, just a portable.
0: So, yeah. Well, we might have covered some of this, but where are you now? And how did you get there from where you were born and raised?
1: So let's see. I had mentioned that we went back to Southampton and then went to college, got married, had a child, and my husband was still in graduate school at that time, and he had gotten his master's and he was going for his PhD. When we had our daughter, his major professor was going out to take a job at Stanford. And he wanted my husband to come along. So we did, but he had to go out early. And so when our daughter was three weeks old, I got permission to take her in the plane so we could be out there with him. We weren't out there that long because he had already started at Drexel for his PhD. So we were there maybe a year and a half, two years and it was wonderful, yeah, loved it out there. Then when he finished, he started working at University of Virginia, was there for 38 years, and then we were thinking about retirement, and someone from another university wanted to interview him for a job. And so we went to this university. Then what happened was somebody else heard that he was looking. Vanderbilt, some people at Vanderbilt, they thought, aha. So they, <laughs> they wanted to interview him too. So anyway, long story short, we ended up here in Nashville, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. And it's been a wonderful move. I felt at home as soon as we moved here. It's a very friendly place. So it's been great. We've been here 15 years and he just retired
0: a couple of years ago. So we're still here. It sounds like you've lived in beautiful areas of our country.
1: Yes, yes, we picked them. (laughs) So the other places we've lived, like I said, he took sabbaticals every seven years, I think it was. So our first trip was to Australia, we took the kids, our son was in like kindergarten, first grade, and our daughter was in third, fourth grade. And it was just a wonderful experience, really wonderful. And so we were there the whole year. We just enjoyed the country a lot, and even talked about staying there. But you know, family was so far away, we decided now we would come back. And then the next one, we were in Lancaster, England. The children were in eighth grade and 11th grade. And that was a great experience to the schools were so different. But it was just wonderful experience for the kids. Really great. After that, We stayed in the States. So our others were in Colorado and Berkeley, California. Yeah, So we were in California twice, once at Stanford, once at Berkeley, and then
0: Colorado.
1: And we enjoyed them all. So I think I can live almost
0: anywhere. (laughs) Where the family is, it's home. Yes, that's right. Is there anything else about your family you would like to share?
1: We're a happy family. I have six grandchildren. My daughter has three. My son has three. My daughter's out on the West Coast. My son's in Virginia. We try to get together whenever we can. It's hard, (laughs) but we do. Thank goodness for texting and all that. It makes it so much easier these
0: days. Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm, it is. If you could have an opportunity to tell your great, great, great grandchildren something about yourself, what would you like them to know?
1: Well, I've just mentioned a lot about myself that they could maybe listen to sometime. If it's advice, I guess, just try to do things that you enjoy doing. And you'll be happy. It's sometimes not that easy to find things that you like, but keep trying. It's never too late. You can always change what you do if you find something that you really love to do.
0: hmm Besides quilting, are there other crafts that you do or have done in the past? Oh my goodness. Yes.
1: Yes. Lots. My mother taught me everything. She was a beautiful seamstress. I learned sewing on a treadle machine and had a hard time changing to an electric machine because of the speed. Whereas the treadle machine, you totally controlled with your feet. And so that was a a big change. But anyway, yes. Yes. Besides sewing, she taught me how to knit. I knit a lot. The year I was in England, I think I made 20 sweaters. They have wonderful shops there that have a lot of different yarns. I embroider, have done them crocheting, and then things that weren't related to that. I've made paper flowers and taught other people how to make them and it's a lot of like crafty things. I used to make all sorts of Christmas decorations to give away at Christmas. I'd collect things that had pods, like milkweed pods, I would collect. And then I would put a decoration in it or paint it. And the same with walnut halves, the halves of a walnut shell. I would make little things and glue sequins on the edges and thin ribbon. I just did all sorts of stuff like that. (laughs) So yes. And now actually I've learned Zentangle. I've made reading cards for people with Zentangle. I don't know if you're familiar with Zentangle. It's done with pens, with fine tipped black pens and with fine designs. You can Google it and see what it is. That's interesting. Yes. How about other hobbies? I've played tennis for years. used to play every day. When I worked for the doctor I worked for, I said I would work, but I'd have to have Monday and Wednesday mornings off because they were my tennis day. <laughs> so he obliged. <laughs> and anyway, so I played a lot of tennis. I stayed until I was About 68 or 69. And then my body didn't like it too much, so (laughs) I stopped. And there's, you know, there's other things. I learned how to play mahjong since I came here. And so I've done that a lot. And I do some volunteer work. I volunteer with the Vanderbilt Women's Club. We have several different opportunities to do that. Some places we go once a month and sometimes we collect things that are needed in the community. So that's always gives you a good feeling.
0: Well, the way you talked about the garden when you were growing up, I thought maybe gardening would be on your list.
1: Well, we did have a garden in Charlottesville, Virginia, but we moved to a place that has just a small yard And so I do have herbs that I grow in a raised planter and flowers and all. So I'm still doing some gardening, but not
0: really a vegetable garden like we had. Do you think any of these hobbies or other crafts show up in your quilting?
1: I don't think so, at least... I don't feel that that was an influence. but was it was, it was beyond me to look at it that way. No.
0: Tell us about who introduced you to quilting or how you started to quilt.
1: My mother was making a quilt. I think it was called a cathedral quilt. And it's mostly done by hand. And I decided that I wanted to make one too. So I, I was a teenager when she was making hers and I made one along with her and used a whole lot of scraps of her fabrics that she had. And some were from mine too, because I sewed all my clothes in high school, just about. But that wasn't really the quilting. It's still quilting, but it's different There's a lot of different ways you can quilt. Who really got me into making quilts in a more traditional way, I guess, was the mother of a friend of mine in Charlottesville. And she had come to live near her daughter. She was probably 20 years older than I. So I learned a lot from her. And we used to go to... The fabric stores together and just had a grand time and she helped me a lot with things. Plus the people in the store were really, really nice. So she was the one that I guess really got me into it. I mean, I was older when I started quilting really, but I still enjoy it. I don't really make clothing that much anymore, but I used to make everything. I made Wedding gowns to tents to luggage to coats to suits. <laughs> I used to make everything. I used to try to always make gifts for people for Christmas because I just enjoyed that. So, smoking jackets one year for the men, <laughs> things like that. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Those were big projects. I was l- picturing little projects. Oh, <laughs> yes whether it's a quilt that you made or someone else made, do you have a favorite quilt?
1: I was thinking about that this morning, and I said to my husband, there's so many that I like. It's hard to pick out one that I like the best, but I think a lot of the ones that I like are ones that had a lot of handwork in them, and were different and ones that I sort of made up myself. It's interesting because when I started, I would use patterns or kits from the stores. And then I had wanted to use up some of my fabrics. And I just put some quilts together. It was my own design. And that was really rewarding. I mean, I have a hard time with creating things. You know, I would just sew together what people had already designed. And so it doesn't come easy to me, but it's really rewarding. So if anybody quilts and just uses other people's, you might think about trying something yourself. But sometimes I don't even know how it's going to end up. I just sort of start with an idea (laughs) and see how it's going to turn out. So a lot of those have turned out really well.
0: Well, through the years, I'm sure you've gotten to use different quilting tools. Is there one that you're so happy that you have?
1: So when the rotary cutter came to be, oh my gosh, I have to say that has to be one of the best inventions Because it just makes everything so much easier. So that would be my favorite.
0: It's a good one. It still amazes me how many steps we go through to make a quilt. So what step do you like the best? Or do you like each step along the way? Well, cutting out maybe is
1: not as enjoyable as the sewing. Part, but I do enjoy all parts. And it's always so thrilling to finish a project. Just such a good feeling. So I don't have tops sitting around. I always finish my projects. So I have quite a few
0: (laughs) that are finished. Can you tell us about? one of your worst quilting experiences?
1: Well, I haven't had a really bad one, but not too long ago, I made this quilt and it was after I had had some surgery, which I think wasn't a good idea. I don't think I was on my best. (laughs) And it was one with curved pieces in it. And I did not get them to match up the way they were supposed to. And I thought I'm just going to keep on sewing. And it's not a big quilt; it's a child's quilt or a baby quilt. And it's like, well, I'm just, you know, I'll just give it to somebody. Well, it's interesting because when it was all finished, even though it had many, many mistakes, it turned out really nice if you just don't look at, you know, the parts that don't match. <laughs> So it was like, oh, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. But I was really disappointed in it at first. But then quilting doesn't have to be perfect to be nice, really. Because I was always a perfectionist when I was learning sewing. And I drove my mother crazy because I would get all upset. I was basting. I was basting something and I didn't have all the stitches exactly even. And I was so upset. (laughs) And It's like, I have totally gone the other way now. Figure at this age, I'm not gonna worry about some little mistakes. (laughs) So I've really loosened myself up to not have to be everything just perfect. I still want it to be right, but if there's
0: mistake, I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm laughing because not too long ago, I was so frustrated with something on the quilt that I was making, and I took it to my husband and said, look, and then I went to try to find it, and I couldn't find it to show him. That is the truth. That is the truth. Yes. There are so many things we can do with our time. Why do you think you keep quilting rather than spending your time doing something else?
1: I just enjoyed the whole process. I think I love the fabric. Love pick fabrics out. And I don't know. It's something I've done since I was 10 years old and just always have enjoyed it. Even like really intricate things, I've just enjoyed doing. So I guess it's just in me. And just like it was with my mother. You don't always choose what you're going to like but it just comes upon you and so I feel lucky really that I have something that I can go to if you know if you're feeling a little down or something you just go and start sewing something so yeah
0: it's in me. It really is a blessing isn't it? Who do you usually make your quilts for?
1: I've made a lot for family members and I've made lots of baby quilts. My husband had a lot of graduate students who eventually had children and I always send them. In fact I just sent one off a couple of weeks ago a baby quilt so made a lot of baby quilts And now I'm sort of staying with smaller items but I've also, donated, well, I've sold some at the Vanderbilt Women's Club Bazaar around Christmas time and donated the money for a scholarship fund that we have. And I always enjoy doing that. You never know what's going to sell. Some things sell that you didn't think would sell. And some things don't sell that you think would.
0: So it's interesting to see. Do you have... Project you're working on right now? I do. It's been sort of sitting up there
1: on my design wall. So these are Anna Marie Horner. She designs fabrics and she happens to live in the area and had a shop. She does most of her online selling now. But it's just going to be all these different fabrics that are in this one collection that she has designed and it's just going to be all color. And there's more than these that I just showed you. So, you know, it's going to be a bigger quilt than the baby quilt.
0: And all the squares are half square triangles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all triangles. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) And so I'm not sure how it's going to end up yet, but if I'm going to put a border on or whatever, but I'll figure it out.
0: It's going to be pretty.
1: I also always am making the microwave ball cozies. I don't know if you're familiar with those. And I've sold those at the bazaar. They were a big hit this year. And then I give a lot away. I love giving away and I make bags, just plain bags and whispers to like put in your pocketbook with something, tissues in, or if you're traveling, your charging cord or something. And so I give those away a lot. People really like them. So I just have them to give away. And then when COVID arrived, I made a lot of masks for the hospitals and the nurses and the neighbors and friends and family. I kept track of how many I gave away. I gave away 1700 masks. They all liked them. It was the pattern actually that the Vanderbilt had given us to use the directions. They seemed to be comfortable for people so at the time. <laughs> so it was a big project.
0: That was Really neat to see how everyone stepped up and made those. So thank you for your help in that.
1: Yes, there were many, many people that even made more than I did. Yes, yes, it was very nice to see. It gave you a feeling of helping and glad that you could help. And there was someone in the neighborhood who was an ER doctor and He needed an extra big one, so I made a bigger one for him just because his head was bigger, you know, was big. (laughs) So we're all made differently. And I made some with plastic in them for some people that worked with deaf people so that they would be able to read lips. So it was good. Kept me busy for sure. I didn't mind being in the house at all. I just had fun. (laughs) Describe your sewing space. In this house, I took a bedroom upstairs that was facing the front so I can look out on the road and see what's going on in the neighborhood. (laughs) And so it's not the biggest room, but it was the brightest one. And that's where I have my sewing room.
0: So that was nice that I could have that just for sewing. Do you usually like sewing in the morning, afternoon, or evening? I don't sew in the evening. My
1: husband and I are always together in the evening. So that's just always been our way. But, I don't know, any time of the day, morning is good. But I, I don't know, I was brought up with this work before play thing. And to me, sewing isn't work, it's play. So I always figure, well, I've got to like clean a bathroom or wash a floor before I sew. So I don't do all the cleaning at once. I do it in pieces so that I like can also do fun things the same day. Yeah. Share a quilting tip. I would say one thing is not to compare your quilting with other people's quilting because there's no one right way or wrong way or one kind of design versus another kind. It's what you like to do and what you want to make. And we all have our differences when it comes to the type of quilts we make. I have a book that has stories of quilters and these are quilters mostly that made this their job, money-making, <laughs> instead of spending like I do. <laughs> and so it really made me think, yes, how you've done it, the fabrics you chose, the stitching, the design, it's all fine because there's not a wrong way. There's just a different way. So. That would be my tip to just enjoy what you like. Don't worry if somebody else doesn't care for it.
0: So true. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed visiting with you and hearing your story.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I feel honored. I so appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.